If you're hearing this, we thank you for pressing play on another edition of Is a Stream of Life podcast with Brandon and Lauren, chronicling life in the peak entertainment era. If you're hearing this, we thank you for pressing play on another edition of It's a Stream of Life podcast with Brandon and Lauren. And we are here on, I guess, the safer side of the United States while <laughs> storms and even earthquakes uh, shake yeah. the east, well, the west coast um, right now, which is not, I guess, not impossible, but it's just very surprising. Right. Yeah. There's a, a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess just north of them, Washington State's having wildfires. I don't know if that's like pushback from the Canadian fires or what, but... Yeah, I have no clue. It, but to be fair, it kind of seems like it happens around the same time every year, so... Yeah. The yeah. earth's just too hot. It's too hot. Yeah. Enough. It's crazy. Um, But speaking of crazy, we're going to get into some of the past week's news. So here we go with our first segment, What's Happening? <laughs> All right, on the TV front, um, a lot is going on still. We still have the strike, of course, so networks are shaking things up left and right. Um, Disney and Bob Iger have announced another price hike for their uh, streaming platforms, Disney Plus and Hulu. Yeah. If you didn't think it was already expensive enough, um, they did say that there will be a bundle for Disney Plus and Hulu coming maybe later this year, that would be around $20. So you, you yeah. would essentially be saving, but I think Disney Plus is supposed to go to like $13 and Hulu go up again as well. Wow. And those would be for the ad-free version. Yeah, versions, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it seems they're taking a book right out of Netflix, Netflix's playbook um, to sort of force people to that ad tier so they can make money, basically. Yeah. Um, in other news, because of the dual strikes, the Emmys have finally set a date for um, the award ceremony. Originally, it was supposed to be next month on the 18th. Um, it's now set for January 2024. Um, I don't know if they announced the exact day. I don't remember, but it sort of shifts the whole award schedule thing. Yeah, yeah. Because um, you'll have the Oscars in March. You have Golden Globes in December. Like... And with, which honestly, I feel like this prestigious ceremony should be near the year's end so you can actually clock the television of the year. But the way they do it is always like whatever debuted in the right, right. and spring is what gets awarded, which throws people off. And who knows? Maybe this will be something they uh, they stick to if they get a good reception from it. Which, yeah, possibly. Yeah, so. I feel like you should just have all the award shows back to back to back, like wrap up TV, wrap up film, and then go into the new year. But yeah. we'll see what happens. And then breaking news on um, this past week, again, Disney announced a change in the premiership for its upcoming Star Wars series, Ashoka. Typically, all the shows have debuted on Wednesday um, with maybe like a double episode premiere and then episodes available to stream each day they are shifting to a more appointment based uh air airing of this so uh the date was set for wednesday august 23rd 
It's now been pushed to Tuesday, August 22nd, and each new episode will premiere at 9 p.m. in the evening. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So they're, they, I guess this must be a must-see TV type of event. They want the sort of engagement that a week weekly airing right. sort of brings other than like a binge moment. So Okay, okay. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Huh. Yeah, I hadn't read that. Oh, my bad. Keep going. <laughs> oh no, no, you're you're fine. Yeah, it it was. I think they announced it Friday, mm. um, last Friday, of course, because it literally premieres <laughs> this week. <laughs> yeah, well. Um, moving to film, uh, there was news that Gal Gadot's um or Gal Gadot's uh, third Wonder Woman film was going to come to fruition, be a part of the DCU. And then suddenly James Gunn shot those rumors down. So Damn. I don't know where she got her information from, but she was saying it was still in the works. And then the powers that be said, nah, nah. nah. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, um, I mean, she's still doing well. She has the film at Netflix that came out, um, I think this past week. And I guess she'll have this Cleopatra film coming up. So she's still working. I don't know if anyone wants right. her Wonder Woman. I'm sure they're still thirsty for those stories, but Wonder Woman 84 put a bad taste in people's mouths. So yeah, it did. And and to be fair to Gal Gadot, even if she weren't working, Wonder Woman made so much damn money that she's set. She's good. Yeah, she will be fine. All right. And then there was some controversy over this new Maestro film coming from Bradley Cooper. Um, it's about yeah. uh, let me make sure I get their name right, Leonard Bernstein. Yeah, yep. So he's playing the famed director composer in the film he's directing, and it released the first teaser trailer. And a com- a community of Jewish people, fans, whatnot, were sort of appalled at the prosthetic nose he's wearing in the film to portray. The, the Jewish uh, director. Yeah. It uh, looks ridiculous. Yes, it's very obnoxious. <laughs> um, but then I guess the family came out and said, you know, we are fine with the portrayal with the right. nose, which I guess that's fine, but it does look a little, it looks very ridiculous. Yeah. And then I saw there's something, and I, I wish I had read more about it, but um, I guess there's something about Jake Gyllenhaal. I guess originally he was set to star in this film okay. as Bernstein. Who is I did not know Gyllenhaal was Jewish. Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> yeah, so he was originally set to to play uh Bernstein, but then Cooper decided to direct it and then stuck himself in the film. Yeah. So what's nuts is I I think I remember well I knew he was Jewish because I remember his sister saying something Maggie Gyllenhaal so mm. yeah. yeah I mean they're both good actors but the nose does feel a little extra it's a it's a bit much it's yeah bit you, you can much. just play the guy with your face it's quite all right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then in other news, uh, we got the schedule for the adjusted award schedule. Mm. Um, so we do know the Emmys are now set for January 2024. Um, and then, of course, the, the run of the other award shows 
as far as we know, as far as we know, they're still happening. Right. Um, in spite of the labor strike, I I don't know. Um, but big ones like Telluride Film Festival is set in the beginning of September, uh, followed by the Toronto Film Festival. Um, the Gotham Awards set for October. Um, well, Gotham Award nominations will be announced in October, and then the war show in November. Yeah. Uh, other ones that are important. The Golden Globes will be in January. And that's the thing, like, the Golden Globes are usually at the end of the year, like a precursor for the Emmys. Right. So, I mean, I don't mind, but I guess industry people feel a way that they're so close to the Emmys and then the SAGs and whatnot. Um, Yeah, so you have the Emmys are set for January 15th, and the Oscar nominations drop January 23rd, um, with the Oscars arriving March 10th. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it affects things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it will be interesting. Because just, for instance, Golden Globes will be congratulating shows from, like, this current run, whereas the Emmys will be congratulating season one of The Bear. Right, right. Which can be a bit confusing. That's really confusing. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll just see what happens come um, come this spring, basically. Mm-hmm. On to winners of the week. So, um, <clears throat> Disney does get a little shout-out this week because it is going through with its lawsuit against Governor Ron DeSantis after he stated that he has, quote, moved on from the whole debacle, but they said, no, you're going to run us our money. Right, right. Which, you I mean, they, right, right. No, they, they absolutely have every right to do that. Yeah, so we'll see um, how that goes. I mean, allegedly, Ron is moving on now because he is out of money. Um, yeah. His campaign has been struggling. He's allegedly fallen to, like, the third in the running in the uh, GOP run for candidate for president. He has to fire staff and do more because the funds are running out. So yeah. I hope they take came it. out. I mean, obviously, we don't want to get started on politics, but everything that's happened with his campaign is is 110% his fault. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a repugnant human being. Absolutely. And yeah. Yeah, that's all there is to say. Yeah. Um, speaking of Disney, since they own everything, uh, Shannon Sharp was announced to be joining Stephen A. Smith on ESPN. Yeah, I saw that. Take, which that's is gonna be very loud. <laughs> yes, that's gonna be so loud. <laughs> which is wild. Um, we know that Sharp announced he was leaving Fox's whatever that show was called, Undisputed. Yeah. With- um, Skip Bayless, I think sometime last year, earlier this year, and he's wound up to Fox's uh, greatest competitor, ESPN. Right. So are one of the most divisive sports set shows. Um, while people praise uh, Stephen A. Smith for being one of the largest anchors at ESPN, they also bash that show as being one of the reasons sports talk has become so annoying. Yeah, it's very annoying. It's not that these people don't deserve notoriety, but the sportscasters and like a Stephen A. Smith is 
he's become a celebrity. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, yeah. he, just, he does a job, but it no longer seems genuine. He's seems performative in a way. And, and yeah, you can kind of connect with the people that are over sports casting and sports shows in the first place. Yeah. And and in general, ESPN has sort of lost sort of its appeal. Yeah. Ever since, I mean, the Obama era, like they had everyone that was making the show, this the network, like it right. has parted, has been fired um, from numerous reasons. Um, and it just hasn't been the same. So I don't, I don't maybe they're trying to find their footing again. Right. And, and just the world of sports has changed. Why tune into an hour show or longer that drones on and on about the same games where you can get quick clips about it on Twitter? you know, or on something like that, you know. Exactly. And then get that information from folks that are literally on the ground. Right, exactly. Still yeah. writing stories, still getting interviews, stuff like that, yeah. And speaking of ESPN, we transitioned to Losers of the Week. Oh, Lord. Sage still has started <laughs> from the network after settling her lawsuit. Um, She says she was suing them for, uh, like, discrimination, um, she alleges that there are different rules for different people and that she's parting ways so she can speak freely without consequences or some bullshit. Right. right. Um, and I say good riddance. Absolutely. I just don't understand. She claims that there were different rules for different people, but what she literally said or what she was sort of admonished for or punished for what she said wasn't political discourse and the people that were speaking politically like Jamel Hill and Michael Smith left the network voluntarily rather than be sidelined so they could speak freely so girl you got off pretty good mm. you decided to stay in that situation so no one there's no one to blame but you right right and she then she, then she claimed like what what even she said wasn't political. She questioned Barack Obama's ethnicity, himself calling him black. That has nothing to do with politics. And then she came for her own company about their COVID policy. Girl, you're going to get punished talking about your company. Yeah. Like, none of this makes sense. Yeah, and she's she's just trying to be like a conservative mouthpiece you can already you can see it that's what she's trying to do she's like oh i'm this different person i'm ridiculed because this and that you know it's like all right sage go on somewhere yeah and then to boot she came out with this story that barbara walters elbowed her into a trash can on the view right she and was 80 years old what are you right. talking about and to be fair and i'm not sure how she wanted that to go i didn't i don't <laughs> Like, nobody was going to take your side on that. That's an absolutely hilarious story. <laughs> right. Like, Barbara has passed on. All right. What are we supposed to do with this information? Like, yeah. I don't know. Um, And we seem to be in the sports grindhouse today. Um, Of course, the biggest story and loser of the last week is the film The Blind Side. Absolutely. So, we all remember this film starring Sandra Bullock. It got her her Oscar win. Um, a story about a young Black teenager who was homeless and sort of going to have to be put in the system. And he's adopted by this benevolent white family. And they connect him with 
the art of football and he goes on to be an NFL star. So the film, while it was decent, already gave, you know, kind of white savior tease. And then it came out later that the uh, subject of the film, Michael Orr, who is a retired NFL player now, always felt a certain way about the way the film depicted him not knowing how to play football when he actually played football and basketball at the time. Yeah. Uh, but Orr came out alleging that his adopted family, the Tuies, is that you say? Yeah, I, I, I don't know how to pronounce it, yeah. Basically, he's saying that they tricked him thinking that they were adopting him and actually had him sign over a conservatorship that basically left him penniless from not getting any profits from the film that was made about his life. Um, he's, you know, suing to end the conservatorship and suing to get those funds that he deserves. Yeah. Uh, they put out a statement saying that, you know, this is a harm harmful lie that he's telling and that he allegedly tried to shake them down for 15 million dollars before this which i mean if you stole money from him right of yeah. he money so we don't really know what the truth is but i don't see why he would lie about something like that yeah um so yeah that's been the talk that was the talk of most of the previous week just how that entire film sort of perpetrated this these sort of racist tropes to to humanize sort of like make the story good when in fact the Tui's allegedly you know targeted this young man yeah. for, for money um and it's one of those movies that at the time watching it it seemed incredible it was like oh look at this this is you know what humans can do for one another what a touching movie but when you step away from it, it, it almost seems a little bit too good to be true. And now we're getting this information. It's like, ah, okay. Yeah. And I mean, there there was that scene in the movie where the Tuis have been accused of sort of like working with um, agents and boosters on this whole plot just to get funds. And in the scene, you know, uh, the actor playing Michael defends him. So that's not what they're about. Right. In reality, allegedly, this is very much what they were about. They had him sign over his rights to where they and their natural born children would get funds from the film. And they went on to build a foundation and sell books and speak about their experience for, for money. He says, I want my piece of the pie. Which right. rightfully so. He should he should be owed all of that and more. So we'll see how that develops as the weeks go on we transition to trailer things um yes. two two interesting series the first is hulu's the other black girl um i remember hearing about this being in development a few years back it's an adaptation of a of a book but basically um the series follows a young Black woman who's the only woman of color at a publishing company until another Black girl is hired. And everything seems to be going well. She's even looking at being promoted to assistant editor. But then suddenly she's she's experiencing some different happenings um, at the, the company. And she feels that there's some insidious conspiracy uh, going on it looks uh really good Did, were you able to catch the trailer yeah and uh i watched it and i think i remember hearing about this was i i think i remember when the uh, the album the novel came out 
and that's what I was thinking about. So yeah, it kind of jogged my memory, but it does look interesting. Yeah, and the cast looks looks very strong. Um, I, I'm excited for it. P- premieres, I believe, September 13th oh, okay. on Hulu. So I'll definitely check in. I'm always here for Bellamy Young because she deserves yeah. all those seasons on Scandal. She, she's a great, great actress. And then we have a new American Horse, American Horror Story season, uh, subtitled Delicate. Um, we will get the first half of the season because of the labor strikes. Mm. Um, this was one of the few series that was still in production during the strikes, which Ryan Murphy got some pushback for. Um, just a tidbit. <laughs> so yeah, we'll get uh, American Horror Story Delicate sometime in September as well. This season seems to focus on maternity, um, mm. giving like Rosemary Baby vibes maybe. It stars Emma Roberts, Kara, I can never say her last name. Oh, Delavine. Yes. And uh, Kim Kardashian, which oh, I know wow. a lot of folks were a little upset about, but maybe she'll be good. I don't know. You know, what's bad is that the last season had such great potential. It was such an interesting time and a story that nobody knew about. But then Ryan Murphy or whoever worked on it, they just kind of spoiled it. And it's like, oh, and at some point they got to let this series go. Or I, I think what would help is if they took a break. If you take like a three, two year break and, you know, mm-hmm. give people a chance to miss it. Then when you come back with something, and no matter what it is, people are going to be like, "Oh yeah, this is this is good." Like we've missed this. I, I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, because I mean, the formula had to change somewhat because some of the actors, I don't know if they fell out or what, but they wanted to do other stuff. So right, exactly, we were coming back for Evan Peters, Sarah Lang, Sarah, not Sarah Lang, Paulson, Sarah Paulson, and what's the woman's name? Um, Lang. There we go. Like, because we knew they would be there and we knew they would perform, but then they left and they just try to fill in with these other stories no one cared about. So, right. And they start going the route of like popular people and influencers. It's like, what? what's going on? Like, yeah. Yeah. He needs to let it go and try something else. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> over at the box office this past week, we got uh, DC's Blue Beetle. Mm. One of the last films with DCU, and it took the weekend with twenty five, with thirty million, okay. I believe, um, or twenty five million. Um, of course, people expected saying, "Oh, this is a flop," blah blah blah. But you know, marketing was abbreviated since the actors and those participating could not promote it. So, um, it's so number one in the box office, and it could very well continue to build. Um, people essentially call Elemental a flop, and it's on record to make four hundred million pretty wow. soon. So it, it it'll probably be word of mouth that keeps us up. But I've heard good things about it. it's a good origin film yeah. for a relatively unknown hero, unless you, you know played Injustice Two or watch him in some animated uh, uh, productions. Yeah. Finally, we're over in the obits. Um, we lost quite a few people in the past two weeks. First up was the uh, rapper Magoo. Um, most of you remember him as part of the Super Friends. Uh, it was Timbaland Magoo, uh, as well as uh, Missy Elliott. They all collaborated in the 90s. 
Um, his uh, given name was Melvin Barcliffe. Uh, he was only 50 years old. Um, wow. Not really sure what happened. I think he had been ill for some time now. Um, but yeah, he 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 had was with Timbaland and Missy in the 90s. He has, you know, the first verse on the um popular hit Up Jumps the Boogie. Yeah. Um, he had the verse on Missy's Beat Me 911. Um very distinct and identif identifiable voice. So he will be will be missed. And then in in other news, we lost uh the black godfather of music, Clarence Avant. Um and this this was after you know the tragic uh, murder of his wife um, a year or so ago. He was in yeah. his in his nineties, but I'm so glad Netflix did that documentary about him because I I know a lot of us did not know who this man was. No, um, but he was very instrumental in a lot of a lot of workings in the sixties, seventies, eighties with black entertainers and just politics in general. Like he was very influential. Um, and always gave back. So rest in peace to him. Yeah. And then on the 19th, it was announced that after Ron Cephas Jones had passed away, um, many know him from the NBC series, This Is Us, where he portrayed William Hill, uh, the biological father of Randall Pearson, played by Sterling K. Brown. Um, he was also the father of actress Jasmine Cephas Jones. Um, apparently he had a pulmonary disease uh, which forced him to have a double lung transplant in 2020. So he had been sort of recuperating since then, but um, he lost the battle this past Saturday. He will be deeply, deeply missed. He was an yeah. excellent actor on the stage, in film, and in TV. Yeah, um, I remember his part in um, Mr. Robot. <laughs> yes, that's, yeah. I think that's the first time I actually saw him, even before. Yeah, same here, yeah. This is us. I was like, oh, this guy is good. And I mean, his character was sort of like understated, but he he was brilliant, brilliant in that. And funny thing, um uh Cheho Hadori Coker, the creator of Luke Cage, yeah, on Netflix, he uh worked with Jones in that series. Uh, he played a character that was in the barbershop in that show. Um, but originally they were looking at Jones to play Cottonmouth. Wow. And that was before Mahershala actually, you know, came on the scene and and they decided to go yeah, yeah. Her with the character. But yeah, that would have been interesting to watch him and Alfre Woodard be those characters. Definitely. He he will be missed. That wraps up our What's Happening segment, and we'll get into our feature presentation. All right. So uh <clears throat> It has been announced that streaming um, in this day and age is officially cost more than cable. Um, the reports dropped last week. They're saying with the projected price hikes have been announced that previously streaming had been less than maybe $73 a month in comparison yeah. to the price of, you know, average cable um, is now looking that cable streaming will be around $87 a month. And for many, it could be more than that, depending on how many streaming services you own um, and which tiers you have. So basically, we're what many people um, 
called early on was that streaming would hit a wall. Um, that business plan is not sustainable. No. And that networks would be transitioning to something that resembled uh, cable. <clears throat> uh, from a story by uh, 9 to 5 Mac, um, it says, as little as a year ago, a popular set of streaming services added up to a total cost of $73 per month, compared to $83 for an equivalent cable package. But the latest round of streaming price increases has pushed the cost to $87. And this is after many streaming services induced price hacks, um, price hikes. Uh, Apple TV went up a 40% hike last October. Uh, Disney followed in December with a 25% increase. Yeah. Uh, Hulu had a 20% increase. Um, HBO Max increase went up as a transition to max and we know um disney is about to increase again and then you have the crackdown password sharing um it, it, it's it's just ridiculous it's, it's yeah and there's just too many to keep up with and the, one of the big problems they have in my opinion is the quality of content they seem to be so focused on quantity much more than anything else like oh can we get more can we do more than what Wesh McCall is doing and this and then you just you fall into this hole of it's not good and then you know then you hear things of well oh we're in debt or they spent this much in this so they've got to cancel these shows and cut this many people in the workforce and it's like it's like what's going on right yeah originally these services were focused on developing quality Right. projects you know netflix seem to be very careful with the creation with you know house of cards and orange new black and foreign imports and whatnot but now they're resembling you know basic cable where it's more broad and just just throwing things at the wall to get quote-unquote streams right um and not really giving us things that will last long and that's that's the other thing too these shows don't last more than three seasons or even one season before it's canceled canceled so it's interesting at the same time there was a port a report um by nielsen from the hollywood reporter that linear television has fallen below 50 percent of viewing for the first time ever mm. so while streaming is definitely becoming more popular it's just going to resemble what we've had before as linear, you know, becomes the yesteryear of television, which is right. crazy, crazy to think. Um, according to the article, streaming was up from 37.7% of TV viewing in June, marking its third consecutive month of an increased share of viewers' time. July was also the third straight month that streaming share of TV use hit a high. Wow. And just in recent weeks, streaming has seen record <laughs> uh record amounts because of suits on netflix um this was the old show on usa network yeah, yeah. introduced people to megan markle it's broken its own streaming record within the past four weeks Damn. Um, and really it goes to show that these new viewers where whether they're watching on tv or their computer right. or mobile device want shows longer than three seasons 
So, excuse the noise in the background. I don't know what my neighbor is doing. <laughs> it sounds like a lawnmower or something. But, um, like, this happened, you know, it formerly happened with friends. Um, you know, while shorter seasons are fine, yeah. it's like these new viewers want to be invested in characters, invested in, in good stories, and seeing them develop over more than just three seasons. So just to get a gauge, um, these are the Nelson Nielsen rankings for July 2023. Um, streaming was 38.7% of TV usage. Cable was 29.6%. Broadcast was 20%, and other was 11.6%. Out of the streaming services, YouTube got 9.2% of total TV usage, and that was the highest. And then comes Netflix with 8.5, Hulu 3.6, and then Prime Video, Disney+, Plus, Max, Tubi, Peacock, Roku, Paramount+, Plus, Pluto TV, and all others was 5.1%. Wow. So no one's watching regular TV anymore. Right, no. Not at all. And honestly, like, I just think of my, like, we still have cable, but I'm thinking of what I use my TV for. Right. I watch, you know, the news in the mornings. I may catch um, Will of Fortune, Jeopardy, and the nightly news, and then I'm just on reruns of whatever's on Oxygen. I'm not watching right. anything live on broadcast anymore. At this moment. And maybe that's because of the strike. Maybe because there's less to watch on broadcast. Those could be affecting these streams as well. But if it's not on a premium network or streamer, I'm not watching it live. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I think for me, I'm a bit of the same. Like, I'll catch the news. Um, sometimes, well, you know what? It depends on what sport you're watching. Even those are on streaming networks now. Right. Um, but um yeah regular television is is the news and the occasional show here or there but i, I just i just don't tune into it <laughs> yeah yeah sports i watch those um but yeah the streaming servers are trying to find a way to bring that live sports audience as well um it, it's it's interesting but yeah I don't know if these these the big four networks seem to still get some viewage, um, but I, well, I have to say the strike definitely has to have some hand in this because there's just nothing on. Right. Yeah. For sure. Less than usual, typically. And I I noticed like just watching things live, the ads are atrocious. Yeah, there's so many. The amount of ads and like. Why would I sit through a live, you know, airing of the Wonder Years, for instance, which I'd like, right? But then sit through all the ads when I can just wait the next day and watch it in less time and at my right. own, time. you know, it's. I don't know. It's gonna be interesting what this looks like within the next ten years or even sooner than that. Yeah, I th I think it'll be sooner. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So save save those pennies and coins. Right. It's just going to get higher, and and I mean people are going. 
people are aren't not going to go without television. It's just right. it's too ingrained in our culture. We saw that the whole password thing with Netflix didn't affect people <laughs> subscribing. Right. So what's gonna happen, I think, is people are just gonna stick to going to uh their favorites. Mm-hmm. You know, like somebody for for me, I Netflix is good, but the one I can't do without is legit Hulu. And now Max, Max has some of the best movies. But yeah, I think that will happen. People will just be like, well, I guess I'll cut down on some of these and just go for this. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely looking at that Disney Plus Hulu bundle because right now Hulu's also where I get Showtime, right? But I also have Paramount Plus which is supposed to have all the Showtime stuff already. So if I do the Hulu Disney bundle, I'll, I'll drop Showtime and hopefully I'll be cheaper. But right. then again, the only thing I watched on Paramount Plus was Evil. So... Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> like, they don't have... You're going to have, literally have to weigh, justify the content and what you stream for what you pay for. Like, yeah. it's going to be a whole equation to figure that out. And speaking of streams, we're going to transition to our final segment, Streams of the Week. All right. So past week, I just, there's there's just a lot of TV still right. to watch. And there were a lot of premieres this past few weeks. So I haven't really dipped my toes in anything new. Yeah. Um I did finish season three of Warrior. Have you started the show yet? No, I haven't. <laughs> well, whenever, I'm sure we'll have time, but like, it's such a good show. It's by the same people that did um, the Max series Banshee. Oh, and I watched that. Yeah, I, I've yeah. seen that. By the people that did Banshee and then... Um, I believe Justin Lin is one of the executive producers as well. So that's where the action part get in, comes in. Okay. Um, but yeah, this past season was excellent. It's it's definitely an underrated show. I hope it gets renewed because we're, we need <laughs> we need the uh, resolution of some of these stories. Like, right. Right. It, it was great. And then um, I finished Swagger. Season two on Apple TV. It's a very good show as well. Sort of like a coming of age teen drama. Um, uh, based on the experiences of Kevin Durant. So it focused on basketball and club ball and sort of that that sort of that world. It was very good. Okay. A lot of young talent there. Um, and then currently streaming, what, what are you tuning into? Uh, right now, I've just been watching uh, Res Dogs. I've got so many shows I need to watch and just haven't. Uh, like I said, my mom had a knee surgery, so I've been kind of her nurse for the past two weeks or so. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I have been keeping up with Res Dogs, and um, I need to get back on track with uh, Winning Time. Gotcha. What did yeah. you think this most recent episode of Res Dogs? I thought it was inter- interesting. It was good. It was it was it was just different. It seemed like a episode that was building up to something more. And we're talking about the episode with the kids, right? Where they're like back home, all four of them. Yeah. And they're grounded or whatever. They've got to do chores or whatnot. Um, 
yeah, no, I thought it, I thought it was decent. Kind of interesting to see. I don't know how you say it. Have all these different generations in the same place because, kind of thing that's um, being shown is you know, the people on the reservation. You know, kind of want to keep things in house. Like you know, you could do this when I go or this and that and. Um, you know, all the kids have clearly shown signs that their future is not there. So it's, it's creating an interesting dynamic that I'm sure will come to a head by the end of this uh, this season. Yeah, yeah, it was sort of like a coming home for a lot of the characters. Right. Even even the aunt is contemplating, you know, coming home. She right since she lost her job, going out there to find them. But she she had been home for a while, um, and then that development with Alana about her father <laughs> right yeah that he's alive now he's a white man that should be interesting as well yeah I, I really really like this episode after the previous episode uh dear lady that sort of focused on the forest boarding school of, of native right. indigenous children this was a, a something to sort of like kind of sell us back into the main storyline yeah, I've I've been keeping up with uh, Reservation Dogs, um, as well as Dark Winds on AMC. I have to say, um, watching Zon on Reservation Dogs and seeing him on Dark Winds, it's the range is crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's playing two different, totally different people. Um, but Dark Winds has been very good this season. Um. I think it's only six episodes. We're on episode four, I believe. Um, but there's he's sort of find found out who may have been behind his son's death. So okay. it's it's sort of hitting hard for him, this new nemesis that's been terrorizing them this season. Um and interesting enough, another part of it, since it's set in the 70s, it's another history that I did not know about. When they passed a family planning act in 73 i believe yeah a lot of indigenous women were forced to become sterilized either because they didn't have access to quality health care like abortion and whatnot right, right. and they may have been coerced into getting sterilized because it was the better option because it didn't have the resources to take care of children and other women were just it was just done without their knowledge so they're sort of like delving into that history which is astonishing for one thing but not surprising when you think of this country yeah no definitely not surprising <laughs> and then i'm watching um apple tv's foundation when they talk about science science fiction like series this is definitely up there it's very much um like high science fiction like right right like you have to watch <laughs> pay attention yeah yeah but it's very good um it's it's definitely giving you all those sort of like science fiction tropes of like religion uh and philosophy and uh you know questions about cloning and autonomy of your own body and whatnot it's all there it's it's very high-end but it's very good the performances are solid the writing's good um and i'm hoping it gets another season because i think 
the books it's based on was a trilogy, I believe. Um, it's just great TV. It it looks expensive. Like some shows, they say they spent this much money. You're like, where? <laughs> but yeah, it, it looks expensive. The action is good, and, and the story is good. So I think I think there's ten episodes in the season. We're on episode six right now, but it's it's definitely solid. But you you have to sit and watch and sort of maybe even take notes. I know there's a podcast as well. I might tune into the podcast to get more more uh, perspectives. But it, it's a solid watch. And is there anything you'll be streaming for the weekend? Well, I've got a lot of stuff I need to catch up. The Women's World Cup has finally ended. And so now um, my attention is no longer on soccer. So I can kind of catch up on some stuff I need to. But I, I saw a trailer or a commercial for Dark Winds and was just kind of caught by it. This is maybe, I'm going to say Wednesday or Thursday. I said, you know what? I told myself, I'm going to start watching that. So I'm legit going to start that. And then I guess um, I guess I need to get on Warriors. So our Warrior. So I'll, I'll try to get into that. <laughs> Yeah, each season of Dark Wind, I think, is just six episodes. So they're very okay. short watches. And then Warrior is 10 episodes each. Okay, okay. Yeah, but you'll you'll get into Warrior like that. I mean, it the acting's good, the writing's good, but the action's really where it's you win. Like, the fight choreography is amazing. Oh, wow. Yeah, it, it's good. I will be turning into Ashoka okay. this week. Um, and I'm, I'll be interested to see if they get what they're hoping for with this 9 p.m. air date. Um, yeah. Know that their fans have been waiting for this series ever since it was announced. And I think just from what I've heard of early reviews, it's it's pretty damn good. So I think it's going to be a win for uh, Disney+. Plus. Interesting. Uh, thank you for listening to another episode of It's a Stream of Life podcast with Brandon and Lauren. Please like, review, and share the show on your platform of choice and get in touch with us on our social. We're on Instagram at STRM for Life Pod and Twitter at STRM for Life. Um, next episode, I think we'll be talking about the show's premieres and what our thoughts on them, as well as uh, the continual labor strike. Um, yeah, if if it continues past Labor Day, we're going to see more series possibly lose their renewals or even uh, networks announcing dropping of certain uh, yeah. pilot pickups because it's it's getting it's it's getting to their their pockets. But until then, keep on streaming. Peace. I can't find the stop button. Okay.